0: Well, hey, welcome to X Church today. Wherever you're tuning in from, we are so glad to have you. It is summertime. I've been so thankful for the warm weather. Pastor Russ, haven't you been thankful for the sunshine? Come on, we we can get excited about some things. And I'm thankful for summer. And we're ready to launch into summer at the X. I'm excited for it. And yet here's what I know for all of us. Summer probably is going to look different. Summer probably is not what we expected. Most of us, we plan for maybe a trip, maybe you've been planning a vacation, and then the whole thing, because of the pandemic, everything just got shut down, it just got messed up. In fact, I'm curious, how many of you right now, I want you to throw this in the chat if this is you, how many of you had to cancel or postpone some trip or vacation this summer? Just kind of put a digital hand right in there. How many of you guys had to? Oh, you all had to. Yeah, you had to cancel a trip. You had to cancel a trip to Paris, didn't you? Oh my gosh. Woo! What'd you have to cancel? Barbados? Oh my gosh. I was like, I had to cancel Myrtle Beach, but I can't keep up with these guys. No. Nah. Man, so many of us have had to cancel trips and things that we had for the summer, and it's kind of discouraging, and so we decided that what we wanted to do is we wanted to have summer at the X. I've got some good news in the middle of maybe what is kind of not great news about your summer, and that is no matter where you go or don't go, you're going to be able to tune in to an incredible experience online where you're going to get to be inspired, where you're going to get to be encouraged every single week. Yeah. Summer at dx it's going to be great. Listen, we've got fun stuff planned for this summer. We're going to try to do some things where we can get our community together, you know, in all these socially distant ways, but we're thinking outside the box. We're thinking of outreach stuff that we can do this summer. All, it's going to be amazing messages. In fact, you're going to get to hear some incredible songs from our amazing band. Come on, we got we thought we need some songs of the summer. Come on, let's talk. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we, we want to, we, we're going to have some fun songs our, our band's going to, in fact, here's what I wonder, do you have a favorite summer song? Do you have a song that just when you think of the summer, this is the song you want to cruise to? Hey, if so, do me a favor, stick it in the comments right now. If you put enough pressure on the band, we could get them to do whatever song that is. Isn't that right, Pastor Trey. Come on, and so it, He said he would love to do country if you didn't hear him. So listen, whatever your favorite summertime song is, come on, stick it in the chat. Let's just put a little pressure on them. But hey, listen, honestly, 2020 is, if I could be honest, it's been one of the strangest years of my life. It's been one of the weirdest years. I, I think about how we started off this year just really thinking 2020, the year of vision. 2020 is the year where I'm going somewhere. We did a series where we wanted to help you get vision for your life, your purpose. You know, we had so many things we're looking forward to. I think so many people, it's a new decade. People are like ready to go. This is going to be the new roaring 20s. And then all of a sudden, just think about it this whole year so far has just been a mess. It's been an absolute mess. And, uh, and I don't know where you are right now in this year and how it feels. I, here's what I know. There were a lot of us that we were going somewhere. There were a lot of us that had these thoughts and ideas that, hey, we're, gonna, we're going somewhere. I'm going to go somewhere. You have vision. You got purpose. You're excited about what's to be in your life. And here's what I've discovered, and that is this. Sometimes when we're on our way somewhere, we can get stuck in nowhere. I wonder if some of you feel that way. I wonder if any of you at home feel that way. It's like you had somewhere you were going, you were going somewhere in your career, you're going somewhere with your finances, you're going somewhere with a relationship, and then this whole year is just a mess and you feel stuck in the middle of nowhere. I don't know if you have ever like had a destination in mind and then ended up being stuck in the middle of nowhere. I think that's probably how a lot of us feel. Kind of reminds me back to a moment in, um, in my life when my wife and I, we were traveling. And we, we went to this conference in 2007 in Texas. It was a church conference. I wasn't even full-time ministry. And so my wife and I and another couple from our church, we, we flew down to Texas. We went to this amazing conference. It was exciting. It was inspiring. And then I remember our trip back home. And so we, we packed up all of our stuff. We went to the airport. We checked in at the airport, we checked our bags, you know how you do this thing. We got our boarding passes, we went through security, and we were sitting there waiting for our plane when all of a sudden we started to see flight after flight getting delayed. Have you ever had that happen to you at the airport, where all of a sudden this one's delayed, and then that one's delayed, and then you see your flight's delayed. And then a, sh- a few short moments after that, it went, it was like a movie. It went from delays to all of them, went to cancel, 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 cancel. It was like, oh my gosh!" I don't know if this ever happened to you guys, but we were stranded. We went up to the counter. We did this. We went to the counter. We said, our flight was canceled. They're like, yeah, all of them were canceled. High winds for whatever reason. And and we said, "Uh, what are we to do? And they're like, well, we'll try to get you on a flight tomorrow. And so they kind of worked some things, and they got us on flights the next day. But guess what? We didn't have any baggage. We didn't have our suitcases. We didn't have a hotel. We didn't have a car. We called somebody that we knew. They came and picked us up. We had no clothing to change into we had no toiletries we stuck it all on our suitcases they would not give them back once they were checked I remember we went to Walmart and me and the other guy that was there we just bought a three pack of underwear we just kind of like about the same size and just shared it I mean it was weird right And so then we spend the night in a hotel. The next day we get up, we get to the airport, we take a taxi, we get there, and we take off, and we fly. Now, here was our our flight back to Columbus. We had to go from Texas, Dallas, to Oklahoma, to Columbus. We land in Oklahoma. This is crazy. We land in Oklahoma, and we go to the gate for our next flight. So I said, our next flight. We get there, and we say, here we go. And we tried to board the plane, and guess what they said? I'm sorry, we don't have you on this plane. I said, what do you mean you don't have us on this plane? They're like, I'm sorry, but we don't have your tickets on this plane. We said, they told us we were booked. And they said, sorry, you're not. And we're actually out of room. They said, well, we'll see what comes available. Space available. Long story short, they only had room for two seats. And being the godly pastor that I was, we let them go, the other couple. Uh, That's not why. But his wife was a doctor. She had had to get back for work. And so we let them go. and, And we stayed back to catch another flight later that day. Guess what? there were no other flights there was no room and we went up to the counter and we realized we're not getting out of oklahoma oh it was bad it was bad and 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 so we we go to the counter we're like what are we supposed to do they're like we'll try to get you on a flight tomorrow and they were nice enough to give us a voucher for a free stay in a hotel or so we thought until we got to that hotel in the middle of Oklahoma and we walked into it. I'm not a big hotel snob, but let me just tell you, Steve, we got there and I walked in and we saw a, croc, a cockroach crawl across the pillow. And my wife said, we are not staying here. And we had to find another place. I'm telling you, we were stuck in the middle of nowhere. We were, it was, it was one of the worst experiences, it took 48 hours to get home. We were stuck in the middle. You know why I, I say that? Because I think that there are a lot of us that can maybe relate to that in life right now. That, that maybe life, you feel like you were going somewhere, 2020 happened, and all of a sudden now you feel like you're stuck in the middle of nowhere. All of a sudden now, you you don't see how it is on the other side. You're not sure where provision is going to come to get you out of this hole. Your faith might feel like you're stuck in the middle of nowhere. And here's what I have found. The hardest place to be is when we're in between where we want to be and where we came from, but we're not there. I have found that it's in in between. It's when you're in between a divorce and being single again that you can be in a place of such uncertainty in your faith. It's when you are in the situation where you're in between. I'm in between a place that maybe was comfortable, maybe it wasn't, but the place where I'm trying to get to that I feel like God's leading me to, but I'm stuck in the middle. I wonder if maybe you feel that way about everything that's going on right now. I feel like I'm in between. And these are the places where we tend to really question God. These are the places, and I get it, where our faith tends to wane the most. And And one of the things I I felt like that that we need to talk about, I felt like God impressed us on my heart, is that I want to talk about what happens in the middle of our uncertainty. What happens, and some of you, I really feel like, maybe you feel this, you feel like I'm stuck in the middle. I'm in the middle of nowhere. How do, how do I manage this? I actually wasn't planning to preach on this, but I felt like God spoke to me back a few weeks ago, and I was ready to get out of the season. We were doing summer at the X. I'm like, okay, if people can't have fun this summer, maybe they can't do stuff, we're, we're gonna try to bring fun. We're gonna do that. And I felt like God spoke to my heart. This was a couple weeks ago, and he dropped a message on me. He dropped several, actually. He dropped this message that I wanna share with you today where where. He said, there are a lot of people that feel stuck in the middle of this. And don't just jump out of it. We need to speak to people who feel like they're in the middle of this. I'm in the middle of nowhere if you feel like that. And God gave me a story I want to share with you. You got your Bibles? You guys got your Bibles? Have you got your Bible with you? Genesis 28. I want to encourage you, get your Bible. Genesis chapter 28. I want to share a story with you about a guy named Jacob. Now here's the thing about Jacob, if, you're, if you don't know his story, um, I'll give you the little context before we jump into verse 10. Jacob in this moment is about to leave his house. He, he's about to take off, he's about to move out. This is the first time that he was going to leave his parents. Now, I know a lot of times we think that happens when we're teenagers or 20s. Jacob might have been a lot older than this. But back in those days, they would stay home until they would have a wife or a family of their own. And so Jacob, his, his situation was a little unique. If you read it, there's a lot of family drama. Jacob was at the heart of that. And, uh, and so Jacob's parents were sending him off to travel back to his, his, uh, his family, his original hometown. It was, it was pretty far away. And so Jacob, we're going we're to read, takes off and leaves his hometown to travel to an unknown destination and an unknown future. And I believe this message is going to speak to you and me today. It's going to speak to all of us. Because there's a lot of us that are in that place. In fact, I, it makes me think about a group of people that we're, we're trying to honor today, and that is all of our graduates. Every single person. Can we give it up for just all of our graduates, guys? Because I think about how hard it must be, and I just want to say that if you graduated high school, you graduated college this season, and it was so difficult, and it wasn't what you expected, and it was weird, and it was strange, but listen, if you made it, congratulations. We're with you, but here's what I know. You're about to maybe step out from maybe your current comfortable situation or what you know into something unknown, and it's going to be scary. Some of you are going to leave your house for the first time. You're going to go away to college. You're going to step into something that's unknown, and some of you, I think, are going to really resonate with this. But I think all of us might find ourselves in a place where we feel like we're stuck in the middle of nowhere. And so Genesis, if you got your Bible, you guys there? Genesis chapter 28, starting with verse 10, we're going to pick up this story. It says that Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. And when he reached a certain place, And the God of Isaac, I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. What an incredible story. Now, let me give you a little bit of context, okay? He went on a road trip, okay? Jacob goes on a road trip, not like we think about maybe a summer road trip, but Jacob leaves to travel from Beersheba, where his family was, to Haran. Now, here's the distance is about 500 miles, a little bit more than that. And I know we hear that, and we think that's not a big deal, right? Because you jump in your car, even if you're by yourself. You're going to listen to some podcasts. You're going to put some summer music on, roll the window down. You're going to be cruising in the summer. It wasn't like that for Jacob. Jacob leaves to go travel through the desert by himself, sitting on a donkey. No air conditioning, okay? Traveling through the wilderness. Imagine this, by himself hoping that he doesn't run into bandits, hoping he doesn't run into wild animals, hoping that he can make this journey. I mean, this was a big deal. This is more than you imagine. And it's about 500 miles, and so he's traveling, and he goes as far as he can in one day, and, and then it says that he, he stops off at a certain location. He's tired, he pulls off to the rest area there, and he grabs this big rock, and he uses it for a pillow. That's pretty weird, but, but he does. He puts his head on this rock, and he falls asleep. And when he falls asleep, he has this dream, this vision. God appeared to him in that moment. And in that vision, God speaks to him and he says, I'm the God of your really grandfather, Abraham, and your father, Isaac. And he, and he says to him and he reiterates this promise that God had given to Abraham. And he says, listen, I am going to do something so great. This land that you're on, this is for your descendants. And he says, that I'm going to go with you. And he gives him this vision, this dream. God showed up in that moment. Here's what I love about this story. Jacob was on his way to an unknown destination. He knew where he was going, but he didn't know what it was going to look like. He was on his way to some place where he maybe vision for his life. I'm going to find a wife. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to have a career. I'm going to settle down. We're going to buy a little house. We're going to have a couple dogs. We're going to have a white picket fence. He has this vision. And on his way to that destination, God interrupts him and gives him a greater truth about his life. I need you to see this because most of us live with a destination mindset. I know I do. Most of us are traveling through life and we are, we're obsessed with the destination. We're obsessed with that place that we want to be. One day when I get there, I'll be successful. One day when we have this kind of house, then we'll be happy. One day we live with a destination mindset. I do, guys. It my, my, drives my wife crazy sometimes, especially when we go on road trips I don't know if any of you are like this, but on road trips, the only thing I can think about is get to that destination as fast as I possibly can. I always make sure that I have a better passing ratio than being passed. Do y'all, y'all know, you don't know what that is, do you, Pastor Russ? You've never, that's where you, you have to pass more cars than pass you. Okay, No matter what it says, I want to beat the time. And my wife, we will will plan to arrive at a destination, maybe on vacation, wherever, before we're even allowed to get into the place. Doesn't matter. I want to get there. I don't like the journey. My wife will say to me, what are you in a rush for? I don't know. I just, I want to get there. I think so many of us are like that, not just on vacation or traveling, but in life. That we have a destination mindset, Jarrell, where, where we're thinking like one day when I get there, when I get, and this is, I imagine, Jacob who is, he is driven by his destination. And here's the trap. So many of us, I think, can be so driven by our destination that we fail to see our destiny. Wow. Hold, hold on, this is so important as I look at his story. So many of us were driven by our destination that when I arrived, then I'm going to have this life. Then I'm going to build this. That we miss our destiny. And God shows up and speaks to Jacob in that moment. And it's not about a destination. It's not even about a place. I don't know if you missed that. Yeah, right. A lot of times, they were obsessed with the land that they had. He thought the destination was the place. God said, no, 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 no. You, you need to see beyond the destination where you're headed You need to look to the destiny that I've given you. There's something important I want you to see. You see, your destiny is not your destination. And I think a lot of us think that, well, one day when I have this much influence, one day when I have this kind of position, one day when people see me like this, then I will know that I fulfilled my destiny. But I need you to hear this. Your destiny has nothing to do with a location. Has nothing to do with a destination. It's all about the contribution that your life can make to the purpose of God and what he wants to do in this world. And you don't have to reach a certain age. You don't have to reach a certain status in order to experience your destiny with God. I I, I need us to get this. Because the promise that God spoke to him, listen, wasn't even about the land. It's easy to miss that. The promise wasn't. It wasn't about Jacob. The promise even said, oh, by the way, this land that you're on, this is for your descendants. But the promise wasn't about the land. And it wasn't even about Jacob. I just, I, I, want us to get this because I don't get this a lot of times. There was a deeper purpose for what God spoke to him. I want you to consider this, and maybe you'd never catch this in the story. Here, here is... Jacob leaving the promised land that God had given to Abraham. And he's traveling back to the land, Haran, where Abraham was when God called him to come to the promised land. And God told Abraham, his grandfather, Becca, the same thing that he said to Jacob. He said this, all peoples will be blessed through you. Don't get so caught up on the destination and the location, Abraham. I'm taking you to a land. This is what he says in Genesis 12, verse 3. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. What's interesting is Jacob is now leaving that land, going back to the place where Abraham first was. And God is telling him that it's not even about the land. But he said all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. What was he saying? He was foretelling about Jesus. He's speaking to a greater destiny, a greater purpose. And I want you to get this truth today. You guys get ready to write this down. You're going to stick this in the chat. This is what I want you to get, and that is this. Your purpose isn't attached to your performance. It's fixed to God's presence. Come on, I need to say it again for those that are in the back of the room that don't get it. Your purpose isn't attached to your performance. It's not attached to your production. It is attached or fixed to God's presence. This is what God wanted Jacob to see. The very thing that God wants to do, your destiny is not attached to a destination. It's attached to God's presence. This is what he said to him. He said, I will give you not just land, but I'm going to give you something greater than that. I don't think Jacob caught it. I really don't. I think Jacob missed it, guys. Jacob thought that the promise was about the land. Jacob thought that the promise was about He missed it. This is how I know he missed it because of what it tells us in verse 16. Look at what it says. It says, when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely, the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. He was afraid and he said, how awesome, wow, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Jacob woke up and he realized he had a moment with God in the strangest of places He woke up, and he said, oh, my gosh, God, you are here? See, I think he knew that God had blessed his father, Isaac. He knew that God was with his grandfather, Abraham. He knew the story that God told his grandfather to pack up, come to this land, and God would bless him. But now that he's leaving and walking away from it, he missed something because he said I can't believe that you're here in this place. Here's what he said. Let me let me read it this. He said this, I was not aware of it. Here's what's interesting about that phrase in the original language, cuz we can kind of it kind of tames the meaning of it. Here's what it means. He really means I was not expecting God to be here. That's what it meant, Janice. I was not expecting God to be here. I'm traveling in the middle of nowhere. And and I put my head on a stone. And in that moment, God shows up, appears to me. And he said, surely this is a holy place. Surely this is a special place. He says, I wasn't expecting God to be here. I just wonder if some of you have walked through some situations in your life where even though you believe in God, you really never expected that God's going to show up in your situation. I wonder if some of you walked through something so hard in your life and there are some places that you never expected, like you were dealing with a sickness and you prayed over and over for God to heal you, but the healing didn't come the way you wanted it to come, but in that moment somehow you had a grace that you never realized, you felt the presence of God you never realized, and you said, I wasn't expecting God to be in this place. I wasn't expecting it. Or you went through something so incredibly hard and then you had an opportunity down the road to share with somebody else about how God did something in that moment. I just never expected that God would be in the middle of nowhere. Here's the key. This is why I think Jacob missed it. God was in that place, please please hear this, because Jacob was in that place. I don't believe there was anything special about that particular place. God was in that place, listen to me, because Jacob was in that place. Listen, God doesn't bless your house because of the address. God blesses the you inside of your house. God doesn't bless a church because of its building. God blesses a church because of the people who gather in unity inside of it. I need, I need us to get this today because so many of us, We've maybe missed that God wants to meet with us even in a season like right now where we haven't been able to gather together in person and maybe you feel like, oh, I just know it when I was at the church that I just sensed something and that God's presence was there when we gathered in the church. Can I tell you, it has nothing to do with the building. It has nothing to do with the physical address. It has everything to do with the people that meet together because God is dwelling with them and among them as his people in that moment and in that situation that God dwells there. It's not about the place, Jacob. It's about the fact that God was there because you were there. So many of us, we need to hear this because we're in a season where we're stuck in the middle of something, and and we're like, I don't like this, and I just, it doesn't feel the way it used to feel. I understand. That's how Jacob felt in the middle of the desert, in the wilderness, but let me tell you, I think God showed up to reveal himself and say, I am here in the middle of nowhere. You know what's crazy? I, I traveled to Israel almost two years ago, and I got to travel and see, honestly, a lot of the same area where Jacob would have would have passed through, and when I was in Jerusalem, this was so, this caught my attention. I never, never expected to see this. I went to the the Church of the Holy Sepulcher. It's a location inside the city where they think that Jesus may have been crucified and buried. I I personally don't believe that that was the location, because I went to another one that I feel like fits the, the Bill more, but so many people around the world do, and when I was walking through it, I don't know if you guys have been there, but when I was walking through it, I watched, and they had this big stone uh, piece, tablet. Big, big, It was big, massive. It was wrapped in this case. And I watched as all of these people would walk up to it one by one, get down on their knees, and they would touch it. And they would touch their foreheads or they do a sign, and they, and they wanted to touch it. And I asked the guy, why do they want to touch it? And he said, because so many people around the world, they believe that Jesus' body was laid there. And they think that if they touch it, that an anointing or a blessing will rub off onto them. And I watched in Israel after different items that they, people hold with such high value, they would touch everything. I watched as Jews... Jewish men would walk up to this wall, this this Western wall. is one of the original walls. It was part of the the temple set up. It's called the Wailing Wall, where they would all stand there and they would just pray. And they believed that if they touched the wall with their prayers, that God would somehow respond because there was something about touching these things in these places and going there that they would somehow pass an anointing because, like, God was there. Therefore, if they could touch it, then they could experience the presence of God. And do you know what I realize is that even 2,000 years later that many of them had the same wrong thinking that Jacob had. God was, try- if you don't believe me, let me show you because God said something to Jacob that's so powerful. Let me read you verse 15 because you can miss this, guys. In verse 15, this is what Jesus, this is what God had spoken in that moment. He said this, I am with you. And will watch over you. What's that word? Wherever. Everybody say it with me. Wherever. God said, I am with you, Jacob, and I will watch over you wherever you go. Jacob was walking away from the promised land. And God said to him, Here's what you need to know, Jacob I'll be with you wherever you go. God gave him property. God gave their family property. God gave the nation of Israel property. But here's what I think his message was. Don't put your hope in the property. What matters more is my presence. Don't put your hope in a location. What matters more is the Lord is with you. That's what matters. And listen, I think it's great to have property. I'm not against it. Can I just tell you how thankful I am that we own a piece of property in Canal Winchester that we're gonna open up soon and we believe that God is gonna use that place as a beacon of hope, but listen to me and please hear me today, it's not because of the address, it's not because of the physical structure, it's not because of any of that, it's because the spirit of God dwells inside the real temple which is in your life and my life and when we come together and we gather together then God takes that place and it becomes holy because we are there and God meets and inhabits the praises of his people that's when God shows up and makes the place holy you see the bush that Moses saw was just an ordinary bush it didn't matter where it was until the presence of God met that bush and lit it on fire what I'm trying to say to you is I'm thankful we got property but what I need you to hear is it's not about the property it's about the presence of God that's inside of you And I want to meet together and we're going to. We're working in that direction just so you know. We're coming out with plans, and we're moving in that direction. But I need you to hear this, because we've been in this season, and some of you have been wondering, come on, this is so hard, and I feel stuck, and I feel like, where is God? And I came to tell you something today. God's presence isn't in a location. It's in a living being, and he dwells inside of you. If Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, his presence is with you wherever you go, Jacob. Jacob's leaving the promised land. And God said, but I'm with you, even when you go there. Wherever you go into your unknown destination, you need to hear this. I'm with you. I'm going with you. This is so important, guys. Because I, I don't know how the season's going to pan out. I don't know how the rest of this year will pan out. We're trying to gather back together. We want to do it in a way that's responsible. And we're going to do it. We're moving in that direction. I promise you, we are. But I also realize that things could change anytime. I just want us to to understand something. That this season where we feel stuck in the middle of nowhere and I know we want to get out of it. I know you're ready to run from it. I know you just want to get to Haran. I know you want to get to the other side of it. I do too. But what if God is trying to show us something in the middle of it? What if God is trying to show all of us and remind us that the church has never been a building, so maybe there's going to be several months where we don't meet in a building, but God is trying to actually teach us something, that his presence has nothing to do with a building, but has everything to do with you and wherever you are, and his presence can meet you in your living room, in your car, in your office. It doesn't matter when you gather and you unite your faith and you believe in God and you worship him. He's going to be right there with you. What if God is trying to show us as parents so that we show our kids in a season like this? What if God's trying to teach us as parents to show us, show our kids in the next generation that God is not confined to a building? But when you get your kids around you, And you worship and you lean into a message and you get your kids and you're teaching them instead of having servant leader, someone else do it, but you're now investing them and you're showing you the next generation that God's presence is with us right inside of our house. We don't have to go to the house of God because the house of God shows up wherever his presence is. What if God's trying to show us that in this season? I wanna see it, I wanna get that. And so Jacob in this moment Jacob does something really interesting. Genesis 28, 18 and 19. Here's what it says. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone that he had placed under his head and he set it up, get this, as a pillar. He set it up as a pillar and he poured oil on top of it. And he called that place Bethel. House of God, Bethel, though the city used to be called Luz. He took his pillow and he turned it into a pillar. He took his memory foam and he turned it into a memory stone. That'll preach. Thank you, Janice. They didn't, they didn't, they weren't with me on now. I'll say it again. Took his memory foam and he turned it into a memory stone. A reminder, a pillar. God is in this place. I think Jacob thought there was something about the place. Mm-mm, Jacob, there was something about your life that God wanted him to see. I'm with you wherever you go. So Jacob says that this place, Bethel, is the house of God and the gate of heaven. He had a vision of God standing at the top and angels ascending and descending on the stairway to heaven. But he missed what that stairway was. See, we don't find out until the New Testament, Pastor Steve, we don't find out until Jesus showed up what that stairway was. Now, see, in John chapter 1, I got to read two verses and I'm going to be done. And we're going to invite the presence of God right where you are. But Jesus said something interesting. He was, before he started his ministry, and he was gathering some guys to follow him. And he got a guy named Philip to follow him. Philip went and told a friend of his, Nathaniel, he said, You got to come. There's this guy from Nazareth. And Nathaniel's like, Nah, who, Nazareth. What could come out of Nazareth? And, and then Jesus meets Nathaniel. And when Jesus meets Nathaniel, he speaks right into a situation that I wonder if it was maybe like Jacob. Jesus looked at him and he said, hey, Nathaniel, I actually saw you when you were under the fig tree before you ever heard of me. I saw you when you were all alone in that moment. And Nathaniel just is blown away by that. You saw me, you knew this. Jesus, he saw him right where he was. He said, you are the son of God, aren't you? And here's what Jesus said. i got to read this. Verse 50 and 51, John 1. Jesus said to Nathanael, you believe because I told you, and I saw you under the fig tree. He said, you will see greater things than that. And then he added, this was for our benefit, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending. Here's what he said. This is on. On, on the Son of Man. Can I tell you something today? Jesus isn't standing at the top of the ladder. Jesus is the ladder. Jesus isn't standing at the entrance of the gate to heaven. And we all think, oh, one day I hope I get to see it. One day I hope he he allows me in. Jesus is the gate. Jesus is the door. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He is it. Can I just tell you something about God's presence? I want you to get this. God's presence is not in a place. It is in a person. And that person is Jesus. When you have Jesus, you have all of the presence of God dwelling inside of you. So it doesn't matter where you go. And I know you feel like you're wandering, and I know some of you are hurting, and some of you feel stuck in nowhere, and you were trying to go somewhere, and then all of hell broke loose in our world. And you're saying, God, where are you? And God wanted me to speak directly into your life today. You know who you are. Say, God is right there with you through the person of Jesus. If you'll open up your heart to him. If you will invite Jesus to take residence inside of you, please hear me today. God says, my presence is with you and will be with you wherever you go. God wants to reveal your destiny, not a destination. God wants you to know that your purpose is not attached to any performance. It's not attached to your production, but it is fixed. the presence of God and we need the presence of God today I just feel and sense right now that so many of you feel broken and hurting lost, empty weary, tired ready to give up my prayer is right now that the presence of God is meeting you in a real way I want to invite you just to pray with me right where you are we're going to ask the presence of God whether maybe it's the first time ever into your life, or maybe today you're in a place where you've been struggling, but we're going to ask and invite the presence of God into our situation, into our arena, into our spirit right now. Father, I just come to you right now thankful that you are a God who fills people, not places. God, you, you want so desperately for us to receive your spirit to fill us God, I ask right now, I declare in faith and boldness that your presence is falling in every place that people are watching this. Now and at some other time, I just declare, God, right now that your Holy Spirit is dwelling in people right now. That, God, they're sensing your presence in a new way. God, that you are wrapping your arms around them. That your spirit of peace is ministering to them right now. That they're feeling love that they haven't felt in ever in their life. God, that you are there with them. I pray, God, for every person who's hurting, who's broken who's weary, who says, I can't go on, that maybe, God, this is a moment. This is a Jacob moment where, God, you're revealing, you're opening up heaven for just a moment so that they can know that this is a moment with God. God, I just declare your presence to fill every person right now. Listen, if you want that, you got to ask for it. You, God wants to give you so much more of himself, but you've got to embrace it. I think so many of us, even as Christ followers, we're living average lives. We're, we're, we're not fulfilling our destiny. We're not stepping into the greater things that God has because we are not inviting his spirit and his presence to fill our temple. Come on, if that's you, I just would, I want to ask you, if it's weird, if not just maybe you lift your hands wherever you are at home. Listen, this is a great time to be... Show your kids that the presence of God is going to fill your house and fill them right now. God, we, we say we want more of you. God, we need your spirit right now. God, we need your presence more than ever. God, I invite your spirit to fill my life. Maybe you're just going to say that to him right now. God, I invite your spirit to fill my life. I feel every part of it. God, I want to know your presence. Listen, as we're praying, some of you, maybe you have never invited the presence of God into your life through Jesus. Please hear me that there's not a destination to achieve. Heaven is not a destination to achieve. Heaven is when you receive Jesus. Because you can experience heaven on earth. You can. It's found in a person. You don't have to be in a church building to do this. You can be in your car. You can sit on your couch. You can be in your bedroom watching this, listening to it right now. And you can ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life, to come and to fill every part of you. This He wants to meet you right now. If that's your prayer, I want to invite you just to respond. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And it's a prayer of saying, Jesus, I I realize you are the stairway. You are the path to heaven. And today I'm inviting you into my life. You say these words with me right where you are. Just be authentic with him. Jesus, I need you. I need your presence. I give you my life. I surrender my life to you. I ask you to fill me now with your presence. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me for running away. God, in this moment, I just, I'm reaching out for you. And I'm saying, I need you. I need your presence. I need you. I need a relationship with you. And so in this moment, I say yes to you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray.